I cannot get my throat clear. <clears throat> I think I have a little <clears throat> do re <clears throat> do do do. <clears throat> <clears throat> This episode, this episode, hello, Deep Voice. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Insulet. Insulet, of course, the makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. In episode 65, Jill and Scott, I'm Scott. Jill is the mom of a child with type 1 diabetes. We're going to talk about 504 plans. And what is more exciting than a 504 plan? Nothing, nothing. They're so exciting. Jill, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am good. Excellent, excellent. So I was, uh, I did one of those like reach outs, right? I was like, "Do you want to come on the podcast?" And right. and, and you were, you said you want to talk about five hundred four plans, which I thought was great because we haven't really done that yet. Um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, and uh, and then we'll get going. All right. Well, my name is Jill, and I have a daughter, Lucy, who was diagnosed with type one diabetes last July. So. Um, she was six at the time and, um, it was kind of a fluke thing. She was away at summer camp and came home with what we thought was maybe a bladder infection, um, brought her to the clinic, um, just left a urine sample and figured we'd just get some antibiotics and be done with it. And got a call soon after saying, you know, does she have diabetes? (laughs) (laughs) And of course I said, no, you know. And I, I had brought her to the adult walking clinic. And so I said, you know, I'll just talk to our, our pediatrician and, you know, get this cleared up because of course we weren't thinking diabetes at all. And, um, at that time she, um, she, I think her, she had glucose in her urine, I guess. And then, um, so I got a hold of the nurse and they said, I'll just have her come in for a finger stick quick and. So my husband had brought her and I was like, well, did he see the number? You know, like, what's the number? And they wouldn't, of course, tell him the number. So then she came back home (laughs) and I sat at work, you know, looking up what it means to have glucose in your urine and all these things. And um, needless to say, we ended up going back that evening and confirmed the diagnosis. And um, and so there we were with type one diabetes. There you are, right. Well, I, you know, it's it's funny. You made me think of um, years and years ago at one of Arden's well visits, and she had to leave a urine sample, and I knew her blood sugar was like in the one fifties, and I, I put the, you know, you, you you put the sample in the cup, and I stuck mm-hmm. it in the sink, and went back to the room for the rest of the visit, and I got about halfway walking through the office, and I thought, oh my gosh, and I I kind of ran back to the testing room, and I stuck my head back in the door, and I looked at the nurse, and I was like. I started to talk to her, but she was already like mortified. And I was like, she, she has type one diabetes. And the woman went, Oh, oh okay, good. <laughs> and, and because she had already done the glucose. That was the first thing she did was a little dip to see about the glucose. Right. And I think she thought she was going to have to walk in the office and tell somebody they had diabetes. Yeah. And, and so she just, she looks so relieved. You, you know? <laughs> um, but now I tell them when I leave the, the sample, because I don't want anybody to feel like that. So. Right, exactly. Okay, so you're not even at it a year yet. It's no, it's only no. April. So how are you finding this, um, you know, this part? And are you using any technology? Have they have they given you insulin pumps or glucose monitors or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm kind of a, a very well, not even kind of. I'm very much of like a type A person. So um, <laughs> when she was diagnosed, I was like, okay. We're not going to freak out here. We are going to figure this out. And so I started, you know, reading everything I could. I I don't even remember 
how I stumbled upon your podcast to begin with, mm-hmm. but um, we kind of had listened to other podcasts, just, you know, serial and, and whatever before. So yeah. I think it was kind of one of those things I just thought, well, there must be a podcast on diabetes, so let's find one. And so um, we, so she's diagnosed in July. We started Dexcom like by October huh? and she was on a pump by November. So you have a pretty progressive office. They're, they're not waiting around or. Well, um, no, I mean, I would tell you that they, they weren't, they weren't against us getting anything, Mm -hmm. but they weren't like saying, oh, you should try the, you know, I didn't, I definitely didn't hear about from them, the the CGM from them. Well, now that Um, you have it for a while, what's the reaction been back? Oh, I, I, I can't imagine life without it, I guess. Um. I don't know. I'm we. I I hate to say we live and die by it, but we can You know, we we use it. Con. I mean, it's it's something that's very important to us, and we've found that. Um, I don't know. I I kind of am of the idea that there should be like two different ways of training. Like we were trained a certain way when we for when she was first diagnosed, and once we got the Dexcom, I kept thinking like. Well, I know that applies when you're doing shots, but we have to look, I mean, this is a completely different way of looking at things. Like we have so much information at our, you know, in front of us, we cannot, I I, I guess it was very enlightening to us because she would, she would wake up just fine. Like, you know, one teens in the morning and we thought everything was perfect. Mm -hmm. She would go to bed, you know, around one fifty. Well, once we got the decks, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, she has this nighttime spike after she falls asleep to 300. Yeah. And we never would have known that that's what she was doing if we didn't have the decks. And I don't know. It's just, I, we, we love it as much as, you know, sometimes the technology doesn't always, you know, I think it's more user technology, like just knowing not to to um, calibrate too often or, you know, some of those things that you get to kind of figure out after you use it long enough. So. Yeah, and you kind of came into it at the, you know, the, at a good time, if there's a good time, because yeah. because even the glucose t- sensing technology, even a handful of years ago, wasn't as great as it is now. And I'm pretty sure in the next year and a half, it's going to be a lot better than it is right now. So, yeah. you know, so you hit in a good spot where you can really trust the equipment and, and use it. And you're a hundred percent right on a couple of, you know, you mentioned a couple things that you were, I think you're a hundred percent right about. First of all, there's levels to the disease and, and they usually only show you the top level or two. Right. And, and without this data and without being able to see what your body's doing, there's almost no way to drill down and see the rest of it. And, and so telling you about things like there may be a spike overnight when you can't see it would be maddening. And at the same time, you completely deserve to know about that. Right. You, you know, so and I think you're 100% right. I think there's a way to think about it when you can see the data and there's a way to think about it when you can't. Um, and, and good for you that you that you got to it so quickly and, and that you found, you know, I tell people all the time, like you find community, you can learn about things. You know, I learned about a Dexcom from somebody else. You learned about it from somebody else. It's not for some reason, something that they run around telling you about at the doctor's right. office. So, so well, that, it's that's even actually- surprising to me, like, um, her pediatrician who, I mean, he, I, I work in healthcare too. And so I've worked with him for, uh, over a decade and, um, he is like this 
position that I just adore and would trust, you know, I trust my own kids' lives with and, and many other people do. And when I had told him about the decks, he didn't even know about it. Right. He, he, and he, obviously he's not her endocrinologist. He was just her regular pediatrician. But I mean, like when I started telling him about it, he was, he was just baffled. Like, it's like, what are you talking, you know? And I just think, how do, how does everyone not know about this? You know? (laughs) Well, they're going to know, they're going to know sooner than later. It's, it's going, it's going to grow and grow and grow. So, okay. So I guess, then at, at being diagnosed at, gosh, five, was she six yet or was she six, five? Yeah, she was she six, was six okay. and she turned seven in November. So, um, yeah, first grade and stuff. And, and so that's, um, the next, that's the next leap is that not only did you go to the hospital and all this stuff got dumped on you, but then you went home and somebody was like, okay, now send that kid to school. Right. Did that seem impossible? Well, you know, it's one of those things where I have been very active with like our school PTA and I was like her classroom mother, if you want to call it that, sure. um, last year. And so I, I kind of, I don't know, I, I, I've, I tend to think that there's nothing that you can't prepare well enough for, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, um, I think my, my second call that I made was to her principal saying like, just FYI, Lucy was diagnosed with diabetes this summer, so we need to meet and figure this out. And they were very open to it. You know, it's like, yeah, let's meet um, the week before school starts and get our plan in place and and everything will be perfect and good. Right. So um, I kind of went into it thinking that things were going to be a lot easier, that if I planned enough, if I wrote out instructions, blah, 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 that everything would be good. And that doesn't, that doesn't that, usually that work out very happen. well. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's, um, it, it, it really is funny because we just talking about this, I can't believe you said this. My, my family and I have been talking about this exact same kind of topic, except about something different yesterday mm-hmm. that, that you can, they're just, you can't control some things, you, you know, right. you can be, you can be as prepared as you want. You can have the best intentions and you could be correct. Even you could, you could be the person who knows the right way. And it doesn't mean it's ever going to go that way, you, you, you know. So right. if this happens, give this many carbs. Like I always used to see those instructions from the doctor's office, and I'm like, but this is not applicable most of the time. This is just a very like these are rules so that she doesn't die, not so that right. she doesn't not so that she's healthy. You, you, you right. know, I was like, are, shouldn't we shoot a little higher than that? Um, so did you find the five hundred four? Did you did you bring up a five hundred four plan, or did the school? I can't imagine the school did. No, they didn't. Um, you know, I started asking a bunch of people, like, do I need a 504? Do I, you know, how do we go about this? And, you know, I grew up with my mom being um, a special ed teacher, and I, he- I heard about IEPs from the time I was, you know, in grade school. And right. and that kind of, I don't know, like, it was always like a negative connotation. and And so... I was thinking like a 504 was being compared to IEP and I was like, does she really need this? I mean, I I think as parents, we think of our kids as not being disabled. I mean, we don't, I don't want to think of my kid as having a disability just because she has diabetes, but you kind of have to look past that stigma because, you know, I was told that all I needed was this care plan and it was signed by the doctor and the, you know, I present it to the school. And even when I met with them the first time, they were like, oh, 
you know, she doesn't need a 504, you know, this care plan will cover everything. It, it spells out what we do for this, when, you know, um, all the steps and, and, and that's great. But when we started having things not happening the way that they were supposed to, and then when we, when we went, got to the Dexcom and we just needed a little more assurance that she wasn't going to have her phone taken away and she wasn't going to, you know, she was going to have access to Wi-Fi and whatever. It just started kind of snowballing, feeling like we needed to have a little more yeah. uh, assurance or I don't know. Well, I would say this. I think that, I, I mean, my daughter's had type one for a decade, just about. Right. And I, in no way, I don't see it as a disability. And, and at the same time, if the document that it's at school that's going to help her was designed for people with disabilities. And so for that reason, it, it's marked that way or it's thought of that way whatever you, you, you know like, it, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i don't i it, it's fine with me um you know and at the same time even just saying that somebody's i don't know it's a weird it's a, it is weird language mm-hmm. I, I can see not wanting someone to say oh i have a document that protects me because of my disability because i watch my daughter live her life all the time and she doesn't in any way seem disabled right. and at the same time i don't have anything i don't hold any strange feelings about people who have disabilities so right. It's meaningless, you know. That part I, I just sort of don't care about. As yeah, long as, as, long, semantic, she, right, as long as she's being protected properly, and we're doing the right things for her to be healthy, like that's the thing I think about. Like when I was in your shoes, and Arden was starting kindergarten with diabetes, I I had a very similar idea. Like I went in six months before school was even going to start, and I said, "Hey, my daughter has type one diabetes. You know, she's had it since she was two. We really need to make a plan." And they looked at me in that in that elementary school like I was nuts, you know, like like well she's not even in the school yet. I'm like I know, but you know we're gonna have to get things set up. And I got this very, I I you know I don't know. There was attitude in the statement, and it was mm-hmm. it was oh we've had kids go through here with diabetes before, you know, and they're all still alive was kind of the feeling. <laughs> like like so you just calm down, Sparky. You, you know like, right. like we know what we're doing, and. F- for a moment, that made me feel okay. I was like, okay, we have, they probably do know what they're doing, and there's nurses here, and it's all fine. And then, you know, then it starts where, like, something, somebody will say something, and you recognize they don't really know what they're talking about all of a sudden. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and so I said, well, look, and this is going back a long time ago, but I said, look, you know, she's in kindergarten. I said, I, you know, she can't, I don't want her moving between the class and the nurse's office by herself. And... You know, and there's definitely times of day where we have to test before we do things. You know, and this was before a glucose monitor for me. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have one either. Like, I don't want her going out on the playground without being tested. Like, you know, she needs to be tested prior to lunch and, and then after gym. And there were times a day where we wanted to double check. So, and I think she should have somebody with her. That's what I kept saying. Like, someone should have to go get her from her room and take her to the nurse. No, that's not necessary. Her teacher will send her. She'll go with a buddy. It'll be fine. You'll see. And a couple of months into everything, now I used to have like, I would pay attention on my end. Like I knew what time she was supposed to be. So the one caveat I was able to get them to do was after she tested her blood sugar, she'd call me on the phone and we'd go through it together from the nurse's office. And and that was partially my way to make sure that her she was her blood sugar was being kind of handled as tightly as possible. And it was also partly my way of kind of keeping my eye on things. Right. So this one day before um, she was supposed to go to recess, you know, the time came up and I didn't get the call. 
and I let it go five minutes because I didn't want to be the guy who was like, you know, maybe they were just backed up in the office or something like that. I let it go five minutes. And then at 10 minutes, I called the nurse's office and I said, hi, I have not heard from Arden about her pre-recess blood test. And the nurse on the phone went, oh, Arden, um, I'll call you back. And then click. And I was Uh. like, okay. So (laughs) a couple of minutes later, they call me back. Hey, it's us. Arden's here with us. She's having a juice. Her blood sugar was in the 50s, but, you know, um, and then I get this very reasonable explanation that this boy who was on a heart monitor came in unexpectedly and it all got kind of thrown into upheaval. And I get that. It all made sense to me. And, but I said to her, I'm like, I'm like, this is why I told you there needs to be somebody more involved. It's not just this randomness. And so they went back to the teacher and I said to the teacher, I'm like, why didn't you send her to the nurse? She's gone to the nurse every day before this. She goes, well, you know, they usually call and no one called. And I said, well, how does that change anything? You know, like, like why yeah. did you think? And then I realized she doesn't know. And I'm like, okay, no one really understands. And I went to the superintendent's office at, at our district. I sat in his outer office. I looked at his, his secretary and I said, I'm here to see the superintendent. Do you have, a, do you have a, an appointment? I said, no, I'll wait. And I get in and I started explaining this whole thing to him. And then, and again, a lovely man, everyone's well-intended. He doesn't understand type one diabetes asks questions like, well, why can't she take care of herself? You know, she's five, you, you, you know, and I'm right. like, and, yeah. and, and, and I said, okay, so here's what happened. I said, today, my daughter went outside with a blood sugar that was dangerously low that could have been falling. We don't know. And she was found on the top of a jungle gym. That's where she was, crawling around on the top of monkey bars. And I said, so let me be completely clear. And I promise you this isn't for, this is not for drama. I said to the man face-to-face, if you kill my daughter, I will spend the rest of my natural life suing everybody that I feel like I can sue. And I said, and not for money, just because I'm going to be so full of sadness and anger, it's going to be the only way I can take it out on you. Or... We could just make these couple of adjustments to her 504 plan like I talked about. And I think everything's going to be fine then. And then just like that, they, you know, obviously they were very, you know, oh, sure, let's do it. And it cost them a little money to put a person in place. But, you know, we didn't keep it forever. I, I, as soon as she was old enough to give away that person, I was like, please stop. You know, don't let's not spend money where money doesn't need to be spent. Let's not oversee Arden when she doesn't need to be. But had that moment never happened, I don't know if I ever would have been able to impress upon them correctly what, what was going on, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so then from there, the 504 plan just became something that grew, you, you know, like every year you'd sit down and look at it and I'd say, Oh, you know, we don't need to do that anymore, but could we do this? And everybody was normally very receptive. Right. You, you know what I mean? And how did you yeah. find, how did you, how did you find setting it up? Was it? Well, you know, I, Kind of going into it, I I had some situations um, kind of similar to that where, mm-hmm. you know, she would be high or something, and then they would they would tell me things like, um, well, you know, it is difficult to manage diabetes at school. Well, duh, you know, or <laughs> why don't you, you <laughs> yeah, uh, why don't you just try giving her toast in the morning instead of whatever she had had that day. You know, um, we had, I had them calling me with her blood sugar before snack, before lunch. Um, one time, you know, I'm expecting a phone call, didn't get it, didn't get it, wait, you know, wait another 15 minutes. So then I call and it's like, uh, just calling to see what her blood sugar was. And, um, 
and um, they said, oh, well, I guess she forgot. Mm. She forgot to go to the, you know, go to the office to check in. It's like, oh, um, so my six-year-old is expected to remember to come to, you know, come to the office before she goes out for recess. And, you know, it's just. And if she but, shouldn't, no one's going to follow up, right? It's well, just, yeah. Eh. I mean, it's just like, I don't, it was just bizarre to me. So then I, I kind of just said, okay, we need to have a 504 and. Um, and then to like, well, North Dakota, um, is where we live and it's, we live in Fargo and it's as much as you think we don't have electricity and whatnot. I mean, we are, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty bustling, uh, metropolis if you want to call it, but um, so no so, one thought you didn't have electricity, but well, we can, we can all tell from your accent that you're from North Dakota. Though. Yeah, I'm sure, but, but, um, so, so what's weird, we're considered like this rural state. And mm-hmm. so, um, so we don't have nurses at every school. Okay. Yeah. A lot so, of people don't, right? Sometimes right. they travel between buildings and things. Yeah. Like that. And so like, we actually have nurses at the school about two hours a week. So they kind of stop in twice a week for about an hour, make sure everything is signed off and whatnot. And then they are on their merry way. And so like when I had this meeting with the school before, the school year, you know, I sat down and, you know, I had all this, these instructions and I even brought like, we're on just Novolog. And so I brought like the Novolog tutorial pen that has like the buttons that you push and then you turn the page about how to give an injection and, you know, everyone seemed to be on board. Well, no one ever told me that, well, for one, only the nurse can give injections. And for two, that the nurse is actually only there two hours (laughs) Um, you know, two hours a a week. And so I started to figure out, like, I think I was talking to one of the secretaries and I was like, well, those are the people I deal with, you know, uh, daily is the two secretaries. And I said, well, you know, her tummy's really starting to hurt because she was, she was actually giving her own shots in her stomach. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I thought, oh, this is great. We're giving her this sense of responsibility and, you know, this will be perfect. Well, her stump, she's scrawny as all get out. And so her stomach was starting to hurt from having to give these shots all the time in the same place. And so I was like, well, maybe one of you could just try giving her a shot in the back of her arm or kind of the top of her butt. And they were like, well, we can't give shots. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you can't give shots. And the only person that can give shots isn't here. Right. Like, what are we going to do? And so that's what prompted me to do this 504 plan. Yeah. Um, and I had reached out to our, the school nurses are actually kind of governed by a county service. So they're, they're contracted through our like public health. Okay. Um, and so I had reached out to, to the head of that organization to say, okay, so I'm being told that they can't give shots, but every law that I'm looking up and, you know, all these things say that you can, so what's the deal, you know? And she assured me that, you know, well, glucagon, she'd never need glucagon. That don't, I shouldn't worry about that. That only happens, at, you know, very rarely. And <laughs> if, if she did need a shot, they could just call a nurse from another building to come on over. And it's like, so she's going to go to the office and check and then sit there and wait while a nurse from another building, which, you know, could take 20, 30 minutes, drives over to give her this shot and then... And she's just sitting in the office waiting. When just that waiting, yeah. you know, like because see, I, I've talked about this before. It's interesting if you said to a teacher, "Hey, I've got a kid, and I'm going to take him out of class ten minutes. Um, 
you know, five times a day, they're going to miss about an hour of school every day. That's okay, right? They'd be like, no, of course not. I said, well, the kid has diabetes. Oh, well, then that's fine. Yeah, right. So your education is not important <laughs> if you need insulin. Yeah. And, and your story is, I'm assuming, very indicative of most people's, and it's fascinating. Um, there's no understanding of anything. You can tell by what they said to you about can't you just give her toast that the real inference in that statement is, you know, you're feeding your kid the wrong things, and that's why oh, her yeah. blood sugar is is an issue. You have fire trucks in North Dakota? That's amazing. Or is that at my house? Where do we hear this? Is it me or you? It's, yeah, I you don't have a fire house. truck. You guys have like a bucket brigade, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 people yeah. like uh, pushing up and down on the lever to make right, it go down. Right, right. Obviously, yeah. that's on my side, right over here in civilization. Anyway, yeah. so um, no, no, I'm joking. But but I so know. so okay so. That's that's maddening and it's ridiculous because first of all the inference is you, if you weren't doing it wrong her blood sugar wouldn't be high. Then okay. then it's if her blood sugar gets high, you know the, you know I mean well we don't have anybody here that can give her insulin but look she didn't fall over so it's fine <laughs> right right exactly. like like you're really being you, her diabetes care has been has been whittled down to if that kid doesn't pass out we're winning it's a good day yeah, yeah. yeah. and and that's. <laughs> Obviously not the case. And, right. and so and so you put the 504 implant, and how has that changed things? We're going to find out how Lucy's 504 plan has helped her at school in just a minute. But first, you're going to listen to an ad while my voice breaks. Sorry about that, by the way. Last night, Arden's blood sugar was a little low at bedtime, but I didn't worry. I put her in bed, and I shut off her basal rate. Now, if you're doing injections right now, you can't just stop your slow-acting insulin because it's in already. You know, but when you're using an insulin pump, you can. You can restrict your basal rates. So you can turn an 85 blood sugar into a 95 blood sugar without drinking juice or something like that. You can just kind of shut off the basal, and sometimes it just drifts right up. It's not a bad thing to be able to manipulate the basal rate. Later that night, when Arden needed insulin at 2 o'clock in the morning, I didn't have to stick her with a needle. Just pushed a couple of buttons on the PDM, didn't wake her up. I didn't have to grab you know, around in her sheets looking for her insulin pump because it's not connected to her because the controller that gives her insulin with the Omnipod is not connected to my daughter because it's tubeless. That's why it's the world's only tubeless insulin pump. You want to go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo because Omnipod is going to send you a non-functioning but demo pod that you can try on to see how it works. You can really feel it. You can put it in places, see if it fits under a skirt, see if it fits under a shirt, you know. And it's going to, by the way. But still, you get to try for free. It's free. There's no obligation. How do you lose in a free, no obligation situation? The answer is you don't lose. So why not do it? MyOmnipod.com forward slash demo. Get yourself an Omnipod demo and see how Arden's living tubelessly. It really is, honestly, it's spectacular. I'm done before the ad music's over. All right, let's find out how, uh, how Lucy's 504 plan has helped her. I told you 504 plans were exciting. Just a quick note, Arden's 504 plan is available on my blog at ardensday.com. Just search 504, the numbers. Uh, you can get Arden's 504 plan, look at it for yourself, make changes to it, use it if you want to, just insert your kid's name. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just trying to help. Also, what a great time to remind you, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult your physician and blah, 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 blah. Okay, ready? Lucy got a 504 plan. What happened next? Well, so well, well there's maybe a little it hasn't, leap. Right? Well, <laughs> there it has, but there was a there was a major kind of aha moment and uh, mom freak out moment, if you want to call it. So 
I wrote up this 504. I, I said we need to have this 504 meeting. I invited like the head of the nurse, the county nurses to come. It was our principal, secretary's teacher, you know, the usual players to all come. And I had, I mean, I was prepared for this. Like, I, I was like my own lawyer, if you want to call it sure. that. So I had printed out all these documents and I had forwarded them on to the principal about what's required, what the school says they do, you know, from their own website and all these things. And so we sat down um, for our 504 meeting and and I just, you know, we started talking about all all the things, you know, like tests before lunch, tests before snack. Um, you know, she she needs to... If she's low, she should have someone walk with her to the office, blah, blah, blah. And we were going through all these things and everyone was very agreeable. And I just kind of stopped for a minute and I was like, but where are we at with the shots? Mm-hmm. Like, who who's going to give her her shots then? And it was like silence. Yeah. And they said, well, we can't. No one, you know, we can't give her these shots. Right. And I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, this meeting is over because if you can't provide the basic necessity of insulin to my child she can't even come here then yeah. all this yeah. stuff is just fluff <laughs> you know i mean like if she can't get a shot i don't i mean how what's the point of testing right. you know like what's the point of <laughs> yeah. saying well we've tested her blood sugar and she needs insulin and then we sent her back to class <laughs> and then yeah we wrote it down in a book and two people signed it off and and now we're <laughs> and good to go i mean yeah, yeah, i yeah. mean it just was so dumb and and they said you know I believe, I, I think it was our um, our principal said, you know, this is really a district issue. Like, this is bigger than us. And I agreed with them because what they were saying was that, you know, the district didn't allow this and that, you know, the nurses weren't, get, you know, the governing body of these uh, school nurses wasn't going to allow this. And granted, I knew that this had to go bigger. But then they were like, well, we'll have to talk. This was on a Friday afternoon, of course. And it's like, well this is a district issue. So we're going to have to bring it to the district and then we'll get back to you. And that's all Jill. That's all non, that's nonsense. Here's what oh, they, here's what oh, really I happens. knew it was. They're going to go talk to an attorney and make sure they can't get sued. That that's right. all they're going to do. And, and I'm going to a little later, I'm going to talk about that idea of they, they can do more than they say. And it, it, when you get trapped in that loop for people who are listening, when you, when you get, first of all, my theory about 504 plans is, you know, you're going to be in this school district for a very long time. Making it contentious is not is not a good idea. You you need to try to keep it. It's a give and take, and I understand that. But at the same time, you have to be able to to identify when you're being lied to and when you're being pushed around, and oh, when yeah. and when they're just things they when they when they decide that their liability is more important than your child's health, then they start making decisions like that, and that happens quicker than you think because they try to give you. It is that fluff stuff. Like, oh, don't worry. We'll make sure some other poor kid won't get a good education because they're going to walk your daughter back and forth all the time. And that makes you feel good. So you go, oh, look what they're doing for me. And they're doing this. And they and they trained the, uh, the English teacher how to do glucagon. She was really happy to be a glucagon delegate. And you think you're getting things. And at the same time, you recognize later that, that they're all nice, but they're add-ons. That's satellite right. radio in your car. You know, like, yeah. oh, did I get satellite radio too? That's great. Right. But it doesn't help the car run. You, you exactly. know, and, and so, and, and they, they do that. They give you, give you, give you stuff of no substance to make you feel like things are going well. And so that when you're, when you're giving away the things you know are really important, 
you either feel like, well, it's a give and take, or you get in that real weird situation that I talk about on here all the time, which is there's a couple of, there's a couple of um, professions in the world that we've been, we've been taught as children to quietly respect without, without, you don't, you don't question a police officer and you don't question a doctor and you don't question a teacher. Like that's just, that's how you're raised. Right. And so even as an adult, when you're sitting in there, you feel that you're in that building and the principal's talking to you and he tells you, don't worry, we've got it. And this is how it's going to work. And you are pre-wired to go, okay. You know, and then even when it, even when everything inside of you is telling you that's not right, it's hard to speak up in that situation. And we're not going to go down this road, but this is where people, I talk to a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of parents about their kids and and their day-to-day stuff on the podcast and privately and everything else. And I can tell you that one of the main issues that a lot of people have is at some point they identify that what they've been told by their endocrinologist is basic information they see that there's more to it. They can see that something's not right, but they can't make the leap to question the doctor or to push right. to push past that. And and that's the danger because then you get lulled into a dangerous place that you know you shouldn't be in that you could get out of if you wanted to. But there's this sort of, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but there's this comfort in accepting your fate because someone who you feel like you're supposed to listen to has told you it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, even before our meeting, my husband and I were driving over and he's like, you know, you have all this information with you and whatever. But because I was like, I'm I'm prepared for this fight of my life going into this meeting, you know, right. and and he was like, I, you know, I think that you and he's very mellow, calm, you know, not like me. And he was like, you know, I, I think it's just going to go fine. I mean, <laughs> it, it'll be fine. And they'll, you know, of, of course, they're going to give her insulin I mean they have to right and you know blah 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 and I walked out of there and I was like I told you so you know like <laughs> you were wrong too <laughs> yeah this is you know like but don't, don't you get the feeling like the 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 reason they're able to so kind of like like blasely say to you like oh well we can't give her insulin is because they don't really understand what it is or what it does or what this they don't understand the diabetes which in itself is kind of like I get not understanding how a disease works, you, you, you know well, what I mean? But well, and the thing is, like, what's what's unique to our situation is that our school nurse is knows diabetes because she has a son who has diabetes, type one diabetes. Doesn't necessarily mean she does a very good job taking well, care of it. Yeah, I guess. But right. you know, I think she, I think she felt like her hands were tied in this. This gal who was just kind of writing me off, this the head of the nurses was just kind of like, I think she thought I was just going to go away. Yeah. You know, if she just said no enough times that I would just give up, go away. And, you know, I, w- what ended up happening was I had this, like, I got more mad. I was so mad. I was, it was the weekend and all I could picture was that they were going to meet on Monday in some closed off, you know, closed door mm-hmm. meeting with the district and and decide my child's fate. And then they were going to say, well, this is all we can do. And then I would have to just say, oh, well, thank you. And that would be that. Yep. And so over the weekend, as I like sat here and stewed, I, I had like a Jerry Maguire moment where I like wrote out this like manifest mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> and so I wrote I wrote this like I I think it was just kind of my frustration and just kind of I I felt like I needed some someone else like to help me 
push this agenda along that I knew I was right about. And I had like all these resources that said that I was right. And I mean, they were laws, they were, you know, school policies. And what I did was I, I typed this letter and I posted it to every single news what like news website in town, um, like all over my own Facebook, uh, yeah. the school web, you know, like all these things saying like, this is, this is a big deal. Um, this is what's going on in the Fargo school district. And, um, and this is not right. And it could potentially kill my child. So I need help now, you know? And, um, what was really nice was that it was shared. Uh, I don't even know over like 500 times. Um, I was called by a couple different news stations. I actually took Monday off because I posted this on Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon. And I took Monday off because I was preparing myself for this uh, storm (laughs) (laughs) or hoping at least that there would be some sort of storm. And, um, and we got it and, um, I ended up being on the news that day (laughs) (laughs) and, um, got calls from school, um, school board members and, um, the superintendent was, um, was interviewed and, um, they did a complete turnaround as to what they had said previously. So isn't that something? (laughs) But good for you for getting out in front of it because you changed it for a lot of other people and not just for yourself, which is wonderful. Um, I think it it, then when you're in that situation too, it really does cement for you the idea that there was more they could do. They just didn't want to. Oh, right. Right. And now that they see, now that they see they can't get away with it, now they're going to do something. Well, so I'm going to, so I'm going to, and you know, for people who maybe don't have that kind of chutzpah, um, and <laughs> you know, you, you, there are advocates that you can find that will help you and people who are, you know, sometimes it's local people and sometimes it's, you know, I've, I had some people kind of in the shadows help me form my daughter's first 504 plan. Cause they knew how to use certain language that the school right. couldn't get around and things like that. And, and there's, there's advocacy programs and stuff like that, that you can find in your area. But, but so let me tell you something that happened to me last week. So our, in our state, we have, um, you know, a standardized testing that, that is pretty widely disputed in the country is probably not being necessary and will most likely go away long before my daughter graduates from high school. Um, but it brought up this year, you know, that in Arden's 504 plan, at the behest of the school, Arden is taken for standardized testing to a private room where she sits with a teacher who holds her cell phone and communicates with me if, if it's necessary. And then the testing time is stopped while Arden manages her blood sugar or eats something if she has to. Mm-hmm. And it, kind of the clock stops for her and then it restarts again. We, we never really use it because of the way we manage back and forth at school. Our conversations are only about 45 seconds long, you, you know, so she doesn't right. really lose any time, but, and, and, I wouldn't say that I was happy with that arrangement in my heart. I wanted Arden to be in her class the way she always is. I didn't, it's funny how we have it set up so that, you know, all the days of the school year, except for four of them, Arden's diabetes is not an issue. And then when it comes to standardized testing, all of a sudden now there's a light shined on her here. The girl with diabetes is going to leave the class now because she couldn't possibly take the test with us she has diabetes, you, you know, like, and, right. and, I, and I've, I, I've always just sort of let it go in the spirit of cooperation with the school and, and everything. But, but this year, just through happenstance, you know, she was going to go to a different room 
So the teacher called me ahead of time and said, hey, I just want to go over things and make sure I understand because she's going to be with me this year instead of somebody else. And we had a perfectly delightful conversation that lasted about 10 minutes, and I never thought of it again. I was like, okay, tomorrow this testing's going to happen, and this is what's going to go on, and I'm okay with it. But a few hours later, I got a phone call from an assistant principal who was just calling to see if it wouldn't be trouble if Arden's phone was on mute during the testing. And I said, well, isn't that why she's in a, another room? Didn't you tell me that the phone would be a distraction to other kids? So she's going to go to a different room. <laughs> Excuse me. I said that the sounds that her phone makes are important because, you know, I started talking about the Dexcom and, you know, alerts come and the number of beeps and sometimes the intensity of the beeps are kind of an audible cue about, you know, if you're just a little low or if you're in a, in a dangerous situation, you know? And I said, so the sounds are sort of important. Um, why does it matter? And I kind of couldn't get it out of her. We were going back and forth and I reminded her that, you know, Arden's iPhone is considered a medical device in her 504 plan. And, and she just kind of kept talking around it. And then I finally kind of hammered it out of her that in my state, the contracts for these standardized tests are so specific that if a teacher is caught with a cell phone, they can lose their license and the school can be fined tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, gosh. And so the fear they had was was real. And it wasn't even a confusion at the school level. It was the, They had a real fear. But I, So once I figured that out, I said, but it's not a cell phone. I said, stop thinking about it like a cell phone. It's a medical device. Would you take her heart monitor from her? Oh, no, absolutely not. Okay. Right. Um, you know, what if she had a breathing machine? Would you take that from her because it beeped? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. But because it's diabetes and the, the, the interface is a cell phone, well, then can't she just leave it in a drawer and shut it off? Why is it different? Could not get through to anybody. And I'm having this painful conversation that doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. And I finally, I kind of snapped in my head because I recognized in the moment how disappointed I was in myself for not fighting for this sooner. And how, like, it upset me to think that I was letting my daughter being ta- be taken out of her class and have this light shined on her and have to go sit in this, you know, concrete box with this person she doesn't know for two hours and take this test. And I suddenly felt disappointed that I didn't fight harder in the originally. And I said to, to the, the assistant principal, I said, you know what? We're not going to come to any kind of agreement, obviously, right now. We should readdress this at the 504 meeting this summer. But for now, why don't you send me the information I need to opt my daughter out of this test? She's not going to take it. And I guess that wasn't good because I now this woman was going to have to go back to somebody and say, I called this guy and instead of getting what we were looking for, he opted out of the test, which I don't think was something, you know, I'm supposing, but I don't think she was excited to go back to her boss and tell him that. Right. So I said, look, it just doesn't seem to me like this is a problem. Is there somebody at the testing facility, like whoever runs this at the state level, I'd love to explain this to them. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think we could get past it because once, you know, once I'm talking to somebody who's not afraid, because you're obviously afraid, you know, let me talk to that person. Maybe for next year we can get it worked out. And I got off the phone and like you said, I was all charged up and I thought they're never going to tell me who that person is at the, at the board mm-hmm. of education, you know? So I thought about it for a minute. And I called my local congressman's office and I was like, how do I figure out who oversees this standardized testing? And the person at the congressman's office says, oh, I know just the person to talk to. Uh. It's this woman in the senator's office. 
And so I'm now I'm speaking to that woman. I said, look, I just need a name and a phone number, and this is why I want to call. And this very delightful, very helpful woman says, don't worry about it. I'll call and get it worked out. And I said, no, you really don't need to. It's not a big deal. Like, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. I just want to ask him, no, 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 I'll have it worked out for you. And she calls me back 20 minutes later. Great news. The school just has to fill out this waiver form for Arden. And if it's accepted, then she can just sit in her class and do it. And, you know, we might have to make a couple of small bumps to how it happens for noise reasons for the other kids, which I don't, I agree with and don't agree with, but I was like, okay. And, but it's going to be great. I'll call the school for them and explain to them what they have to do. She goes, they'll file the exemption. She can go in tomorrow and take the test if all works out well, if we can get it through the state quick enough. And I was like, wow, that's great. And an hour later, I got a call back from the principal, who I hadn't spoken to yet on the subject, and he said, hey, listen, what if we just had Arden go to a semi-private room with some other kids, so she didn't feel completely removed from people, uh, but her phone will still be on silent and the teacher will hold it. And I was like, no, but the lady from the senator's office said, you just had to file an exemption. Like, did I not understand? Like, so I'm now I'm in my head going maybe I misunderstood her, you know, like, right. and so I was like, look, you know, we had a long conversation. And in the end, I was just like, she's just, let's not take the test. I said, again, it all seems kind of confusing. And I couldn't let it go. So I called the woman back at the Senator's office to double check. Did I understand her message correctly? And she said, yeah, you know, you understood correctly that she can take it in the room as long as she gets this medical exemption. And I, that's when I realized the school understood fine. They just didn't want to do it. Exactly. And it wasn't the school. It was the. It was at the principal level, the assistant principal, principal level. They didn't want to go above themselves. They didn't want to do anything. They just, they wanted to do what made them comfortable and they didn't want to get in trouble, which is easy to understand. So I sent an email that very clearly said, look, I don't know if you misunderstood the direction or you are willfully ignoring it, but I'm not inclined to accept this. And, you know, and, and, and I want something done. You know, obviously it's too late this year, but I guess my email was strongly worded enough that it got moved up to the superintendent who called me at home six hours after this whole thing started. And it's interesting, just like you said, once you're talking to somebody at the top who's not scared and Mm -hmm. and can make decisions on their own autonomously in a very pleasant four minute phone conversation, it was all worked out. And Arden went to school the next day, and she took four days of standardized testing in her room, the same way we manage her blood sugars every day at school. The only caveat we had was I let the teacher keep the phone, and she kept it on silent but on her person. And mm-hmm. and the teacher was insanely responsive. Like if I texted, which only, by the way, in four days happened twice, where we actually had to talk back and forth, and it was just like, it was like tell Arden to give herself a half a unit of insulin. Right. That it were, and we had to turn off the audible alarms on her insulin pump that tell you beep beep the insulin's going in. Oh. And no big deal, right? Right. Yeah. But but all fixed. Well, that's what's so funny. Like it, it kind of makes you wonder, like if the people that we deal with every day, like teachers and principals, are, you know, like if they're for afraid to bring stuff to a superintendent because we kind of had a you know once it went to your superintendent it was all fine and dandy mm-hmm. and you figured out very quickly and and that's like with us we you know all of a sudden it was brought to the superintendent's um attention and it was like oh yeah we have this this rule in place and that's why we have this and this and and that that's going to happen and you know school board members started like reaching out to me saying just so you know, the, um, he's asked for a list of all the kids in 
in the district that have type one to make sure that we're doing the right thing for all of them. And I thought, geez, I should have just gone over, you know, like you want to follow the right channels, you know, like if you don't get, get where you need to be with the, with the, her teacher or the secretaries, then you go to the principal and then, you know, like, like with her school nurse, it's like, Oh, we'll, we'll go to the head of the nurses or whatever. And it's like, gosh, I so that's one regret I have is that I didn't just go to the top right away, but it felt like, like you should follow there's a chain these. of command you're supposed right. to be following, right? But but the expectation <laughs> is that the chain of command is going to move things in the right direction, right? And exactly. and, and very often that's not the situation. Very often, I mean, if you stop and think about it, if it was your job, would you want to go to your boss and say, "I'm having trouble handling this"? No, obviously, right, yeah, of right, course right. not. And so then that's when the real humanity or the other side of humanity comes into it, where. Someone makes a decision. And by the way, I want to say, I think that the principals and the assistant principals and the superintendent and the teachers at my daughter's school, I think they do want what's best for Arden. I think they are well-intended. But I also think that there are things that they are driven by that get in the way of that sometimes. And that's when we start making concessions, right? Like, well, we'll just give this part away or that part or this won't happen. My my daughter's A1C has been at six for almost three years now. And that's mainly due to being able to make timely decisions about insulin. That really is it. It's it's being right. able to text her and say, hey, take this much insulin right now, or you need to have a few carbs. And, and to be able to just kind of bump around her blood sugar, not to let it go from 100 to 300 because she doesn't see anybody or talk about her diabetes for four hours at a, at a time. And And... And you can't argue with health. Like, you know, there was a time, there was a time when I said to them, when I was trying to make the point about Arden needs her phone, we need to manage this the way we manage it at home about her health. I said, listen, I can send her to this building every day for 12 years and she can leave with a degree and maybe she'll know how to read and write and add and subtract and put a comma in the right place in a sentence. But if her eyes pop out of her head when she's 30 or if she has a heart attack when she's 45 or whatever, what does any of that mean? I said, right. I might as well sell everything I own, pack my daughter up, go to an island, and let her have a beautiful life sitting on the beach. At least she'll be healthy. And if she can't read, I'll teach her. You, you, you know, like, who cares? Like, is that really what's important? Like, what's in, it, like, like you said earlier, without, without the health, none of it matters. You, you, you know, so, yeah. so what's the point of the rest of it if she's not healthy? And I think... I think that these conversations over time build up, you know, they, they, they get people, people become more of an advocate because they start understanding it better. And I, and I genuinely think that that's important. And so what you did is really important because you are going to help yourself, your daughter and the people coming behind you. You, 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 well, know. And you wouldn't believe some of the things I heard. Um, people had commented on my post, you know, saying like, Well, I had to hire a nurse to sit outside of the school in a car. And then whenever it was time for my daughter to test, she would go in and check and then do the insulin and then go back to her car and wait for an emergency or what, you know, I mean, people had quit their jobs, uh, you know, it's a real hardship. Oh my gosh. And I thought, well, I can't quit my job for one thing. I mean, and I certainly can't pay to hire a nurse to sit outside, you know. And, and the thing is, these people felt like that's what they had to do. And I get that. But what a, you know, what a precedent to set. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. You're giving away. Listen, diabetes is a special situation. The insulin is a special situation. All of it's difficult. No one is saying that. But I just need somebody in the office to say, all right, I'll learn how to do the insulin. Right. You, you know, well, like, like, is it really that big of a deal? Because it happens in schools all over the places oh, where right. there are delightful people who are helpful like that. You, you know. Well, and and the thing was, like, North Dakota has this special um, thing that you can become this UAP, which is an unlicensed assistive person. And it's through the Board of Nursing where you just fill out an application. You They do a background check, which they have to do anyway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get trained by your own school nurse to be able to give these shots. Yeah. And, it, I mean, they did it in a matter of an afternoon, you know. Right. But it was like, okay can we find volunteers to do this? And like everyone, you know, the two secretaries, a, uh, um, a para, the principal and the nurse, like all, and her teacher, you know, all said, yeah, this is no big deal. We'll do that. You know? And it just seemed like, but once you have the conversation, then they say it, no one, because who would think to speak up about that? You you like, I, I I have to tell you, Joe, it's, it is so, when you're getting it hammered out, it is it is very excruciating and nerve wracking. Like it really is. But once you get it right, it, then it's so simple. Like it's just easy. Like there's every year I'm excited to go in with Arden's 504 and plan. I'm like, hey, see this whole part here? We don't need that anymore. Right. Get rid of it. Well, and that's why, for when you know, she was like, younger, it doesn't matter anymore. You know? Yeah. Well, when we were going to do our 504, you had sent me um, a copy of Arden's 504. Mm-hmm. And then um, I found a 504, sample 504 on like the ADA website or whatever. And so I kind of put, you know, put the two plans together and and, um, your plan obviously has a lot of information about decks. And so, you know, I incorporated all that into her 504 and I'm, I'm so excited that she's, she's so much better at like reading and, and cause I mean, she was in first grade. So like, yeah. I, she would look at her her blood sugar and I'd be like, "What does it say?" And she'd be like, "153." And I'm like, "No, that says 135." <laughs> like, or she'd read it upside down, yeah, or sure. you know something because she's in first grade. But now, I mean, there's it's like night and day between like, uh, or you know, like the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And I just feel like over the summer, I really want to get her managing pretty much on her with she and I like on our own kind right. of thing. Cause right. I don't want her to have to go to the office because even we had this situation just uh, yesterday, the kids are off of school today, but so yesterday um, she came in and she checks before lunch, but they happen to have recess right before lunch. Mm. So, and there's no why she just has an iPod. And so there's no wifi while she's out on the playground. So for about 15 minutes, I don't get any readings yeah. and, you know, I sit there kind of going, oh, gosh, when is she going to be back in the building? And so she comes back in and checks and she was 79. And and this is where the, the dex is so important because like 79. OK, before lunch, that's no big deal. You know, I right. mean, it's she, actually kind of great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And, but she doesn't, you know, right now we're not pre-bolusing before lunch just because of the, you know, the gym and all that. She. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to have to come in early, but it's a little bit too much time outside without any readings to 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 give insulin and then just have her go go out there and because she was pre-bolusing and then she would go outside and come back in and she would all of a sudden be fifty yeah. and it's like whoa you know like we we don't want that but so she's seventy nine which is great number but straight arrow down right different that's different than a steady it's like different than Ar- a steady Arden, or Arden you know right even. Now, 
is 61 on her decks, and it's steady. But she went from 80 to 60 without the arrow turning. So she's drifting. So while right. you and I have been talking, um, a while ago, we shut her basal rate off for a half an hour. And about 10 minutes ago, when she dropped in her 75, she threw like three fruit snacks in her mouth. And so by the time you and I are done talking, she'll be back up to about 80. And and I'm guaranteed, I bet you that a half hour from now when we pre-bowl us for lunch, she'll be like 90 diagonal up again because of that half hour without the bowl, without the right. basil, which will let me pre-bowl us. And, and it's just such a big difference. 79 is great. 79 right. arrow down could be... Well, I mean, you know, you start thinking if she's falling at two points a minute, then five minutes from now, she's going to be more like 70. And then, right. you know, you know then, then you get into a situation where you obviously you have to do something or maybe. Well, and the, speed yeah. Up. And that's what happened is that they gave her her insulin for mm-hmm. lunch and then she goes and stands in line to get her lunch and, you know, first grader dilly dally to the table and right. she eats so slow anyway. Yeah. Well, so pretty soon she's 50 and I'm like. Is she, eat, you know, like she, is she eating? Like what, you know, I'm on the phone with the school, like, and they said, well, she was 79 and I'm like, yeah, but she was 79 and going, you know, and I'm trying to explain this to someone who doesn't understand, doesn't understand. And I'm just right. like, oh my gosh, I, I just need to get her to the point where I can send her a text and say, give yourself this much. And, and that does happen. Uh, yeah. And that yeah. happens. And Jill, Jill, <laughs> it's funny because so, so many of these well-laid plans they're only necessary for a little while, a couple, right. a couple of school years, and then all of a sudden it gets easier. They get more adept. You, you know, the technology picks up and it gets better and better and better. And I mean, that's my finding is that ten years later, most of the things I had in the five hundred four plan when Arden was in kindergarten, obviously they don't even apply anymore. Right. It, you know, and so the document just kind of keeps it keeps growing and changing, and and at some point, you know, I have to say. By the way, for anybody listening, Arden's 504 plan is available for download on my blog. I'll put a link in the show notes if anybody wants to look at it. It's redacted, so you can – it just says name instead of Arden and stuff like that yeah. if you want to look at it. But um, it, it's just it's just one of those things like you know things come and things go. Last year when I was able to get them to say that her iPhone was a medical device – like I walked out with my hands in the air when it was over. I yeah. was like, I'm way ahead now. Like, you, you know, like, cause this opens up so many more things moving forward. And the real goal here is that one day Arden and I won't have to talk while she's doing this. And we're getting closer and closer to that. You, you, you know, so it, it, most of what we're even talking about now will go away in the next year. Right. Like I don't expect to have to talk to Arden about her, her mealtime bolus when she's, you know, a couple years older, Right. you, you know? And so, and some people don't now, like, you know, some people are, some people handle it differently. they they want their kids to be a little more involved up front and not that Arden's not involved, but I don't want to trade like, like, I don't want to trade a couple of points on her A1C for her, for her learning it faster. I'd rather it take her longer to learn it and we be able to hold on to like slightly better, like more tight, tighter control because it's, it's something that I'm able to think through with her, which, you know, we make a lot of decisions. She couldn't make it 11, you know, about like you know, pre-bolusing at one number, but not at a number, not another number, considering that it's falling versus not falling. Like there's a lot there for a, for a kid, you, you know, it's. Well, and I, like, I kind of think, I mean, as much as I want Lucy to be able to do a lot of it on her own, I don't even want her to have to think about it either. You know, like. And you're also trying to make a real, like a normal situation. For right. Her. You know, like, and she said before, like, Oh, my life is so hard. <laughs> she's a little dramatic. And I'm like, why is your life hard? You know, and she's like, well, I don't know anyone else with type one diabetes. And, 
I have to do this and that. And I'm like, she's like, I just wish I could eat anything I want to. And I said, you know, you do. <laughs> we just have to give insulin beforehand. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. just like some, you know, I don't, I guess I don't want her to. Well, and she's seven. So, I'm. you know, I, I take responsibility. I don't even want my husband to be, have, be responsible for it. Like, I, I'm kind of like a control freak like that. But Well, you've got a type A and a musician, oh, right? So you gosh, don't want to, yeah. you're, you're not letting him do anything. Oh, uh, no. So, <laughs> so you just sit in the corner and hum, buddy, when we need yeah. music. Well, well, you know what? It's funny. I, I, I want to share this here because so many people are probably going to listen to it for the idea of a 504 plan because um, in second and third grade, Arden had the same teacher. She moved, there's a word for it that I don't know, but she so much enjoyed the class in second grade, she petitioned the school to stay with them in right. third grade. So they all moved together. And back then, we thought Arden was not um, so good at math. Uh, she was very behind in math all the time and always struggling, like crying when she did her homework. She felt She felt stupid, she would say, you know, all this stuff. And... You know, to the it, it we got so bad to at one point I joked with my wife, I was like, Hey, that little bit of money we have aside for college, maybe we'll be able to keep that, you know, like <laughs> maybe we won't need it for her. And you know, like it was really not looking good. And and joking aside, what we found out and only because the teacher moved with her, because the teacher thought that this plan of Arden going to the nurse when she was in second grade and she thought it was all great. And then she realized when she watched her struggle with math at the beginning of the third grade year. She said, when I stopped and thought about it, one of the times Arden would go to the nurse every day happened to coincide with the math lesson every day. So the, she'd start the lesson, Arden would leave, and when she came back, the lesson was over, and Arden sat down and started doing the work without the lesson. And it just built over time. And even though it was only 10 minutes, it was th those 10 minutes were in the exact wrong place in the day. And then the teacher saw that she helped her catch back up again. And math is one of her stronger things now. It just, but, but easily she could have moved forward that whole time. Just thinking she just was not a math inclined person. It was never going to come to her. And, and so when you say, oh, it's just five minutes in the nurse's office, 10 minutes in the nurse's office, it adds up. It's an hour a day. It's five hours a week. It's 20 hours a month. And, you know, if, if schools, you know, if schools, what is it? Eight months a year, maybe more. You know, you're giving away hundreds and hundreds of hours of education, and but because you only think of it as five minutes at a time, it doesn't seem that bad. But it, but it, it's a lot, you, you know. And and I know for anybody who's listened to the episode called "Texting with Diabetes," it talks like kind of about how Arden does it at school. But Arden's in sixth grade right now, sixth grade. We're almost done the year at this point. It's April. She has not been in the nurse's office for something related to diabetes since the last day of second grade. Never That's once, awesome. never once. And her blood sugar has been 50 in her class. It's been, it's been 300, you know, it's, it's, we've managed it all with the Dexcom share and text messaging and that's it. So That's my goal. Yeah. It's very, very, very doable. You know, once the timing's right and the, your child's the right person, you have the ability to, to, to talk to them and it, it doesn't take up. I, I think people must think I must stare at my phone all day, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't check it constantly. You'll find, so you get into rhythms where you know where she could get high. I mean, listen, it could always just kind of go funky out of nowhere, which right. obviously, but yeah, you know, there's rhythms. Like I know at certain times of day, this is going to happen. There's gaps in the coverage that I don't worry about. 
you know, like Arden this year has gym after lunch. And there's a gap of about 20 minutes where most days, I, you know, on gym days, I can't see her blood sugar. But after it happening over and over and over again, and I can see what was going on, like, it's just not one of those times a day where I'd be concerned. You, you know, like, she's got the yeah. food in her, and it's just, you're okay. You know, we pre-bolus, I pre-bolus Arden 15 minutes early while she's in science this year. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's all... It makes a huge difference. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it, it keeps away the spikes. It lets yeah. her eat more, like, carb, you know, kind of carb-heavy things if she wants. If I told you today that Arden has a quarter of a full-size bagel with Nutella on it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not worried her blood sugar is going to be high, like, we'll just pre us and take care of it. You, you know, like, it's it's... If she needs more insulin, she'll get more insulin. If she doesn't, you know, she'll do less. She left school yesterday, went right to softball for the school. And I was 30 miles away at my son's baseball game, standing out in the outfield and helping Arden in between innings when she needed food or, or insulin or stuff like that through just text messaging. So it works. And yeah, it's, it does. You know, you know so... But the but it, but none of it. Let's let's circle back for a second. None of it's going to work if you don't have a five hundred four plan in place. You are not just going to walk into a school and be like, "Hey, my kid just needs to text me during the day." <laughs> yeah, you, you no. know, no. You have to protect yourself, and that's kind of the part of this we didn't really talk about a whole lot. Is that what the five hundred four plan does more than anything? Is it sort of keeps the school honest. You've now put because they'll try to put it in your individualized. What is that? The IE, IUP, IUP, IEP, the something like yeah, that, like the yeah. individualized plan for the kid. They're like, oh, we follow that, but the but the the truth of the matter is, is that that plan is not enforceable by law, and your five hundred four plan is, and not that you want to be suing anybody or threatening anybody, but the fact of the matter is, is that just that specter hanging over their head that if we don't do what's in that document, we could get sued. It keeps them honest. It keeps them focused on it a little bit. You, you well, know. Yeah, it's funny. I went to um, a JDRF event a couple of weeks ago, and um, we I went to the 504 uh, presentation or whatever from um, from it was a principal from a different school district, but mm-hmm. still, she was like in charge of their 504s, and so she was giving us this PowerPoint presentation, and you know, had cute little pictures on it and whatever, and then she was she was telling the group that, you know, when you have type one diabetes, you have to have, I think they call it like a MMP, like medical management plan or something, you know, yeah. um, that's signed by your doctor. And it says this and that, and that you really don't need to have a 504. But if you want to make sure that the plan is followed, then you have to have a 504. <laughs> and I, and like, that's what I just and, said. Yeah, yeah. Right. This dad and I looked at each other and we're like, well, why would you, as a parent, why would you even just have a MMP if why have a plan that that doesn't have it's to not be followed yeah, and it yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense right like why would you even why as a school would you, you know, I don't know it just seems so asinine that you would spend all this time like writing up this MMP that they could just decide well we're not going to follow it legal, you know it's like all legal liability that's what they're yeah. concerned about when, when people say to me how did you get the school to agree to for Arden not to go to the nurse's office I spoke this very sentence in a 504 meeting. If I'm telling you that I'm going to make her insulin decisions and I'm telling you that I'm going to make her, her carbohydrate decisions and she doesn't need to go to the nurse for those decisions to be made. If I'm saying to you, I'm taking responsibility for that. And I said this to them and she passes out or she drops dead in this school or whatever might happen, whatever you're really afraid of happening, 
it's on me because right. I made the decision. And then you could see the faces of those people in that room. They were like, this guy's letting us out of this. And they were like, okay, great. They couldn't give it away quick enough, Jill. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. No problem. You mean you can't sue us if that kid drops over? Absolutely fine. Be- go ahead. Go nuts. And I said to him, look, don't get me wrong. If there's a real emergency, just like every other kid in this school, I need her to go to the nurse's office. If she falls and breaks her arm, you know, or her blood sugar somehow goes from 60 to 12 all of a sudden, please don't look for me to be texting her about it. Like, you know what right. I mean? If she's having a seizure, I can't text her the glucagon. So you're like, it, that would be time for you to get involved, you know? Exactly. But let's assume that maybe by being this closely connected, that's how things like that are going to get avoided. And, and, and they were like, okay, I'm telling you, Jill, they couldn't give it away quick enough. Well, and that's how I played like the decks and the phone and getting on their teacher Wi-Fi and everything was like, if she has this Dex and I can see the numbers, then I'm the one making the decision. Like you guys don't have to make any decision. Right. You just have to do what I say. <laughs> so much like the rest of life, if you just make things easier for people, they're very agreeable. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it really is. In the end, it, it's all there is, is that, you know, imagine I, I try to put myself in the teachers in the school's position sometimes. Imagine someone came into your job, which you already felt that you were doing as much as you could and working as hard as you could every day. And then they said, hey, we also need you to be, a, you know, completely uh, responsible for this child's health and welfare you know, like uh, above and beyond what you've already agreed to, there'd be a part of you and a part of everybody who would just kind of quietly think like, I don't want to do more. Like, am I getting a raise here? You know, like, you you know, and so I get that. And, you know, I understand there's that, that commonality that people have about the way they feel about their jobs and, and about being responsible for someone's health. And it's all very understandable, but you still have to fight for the, the important things. Like, you know, I see some 504 plans like the kid needs a Ferris wheel. Like, you, you know what I mean? I'm like, don't ask for stuff you don't need. Yeah. You know, and and always, I my great piece of advice is, is always, like if you see three things in the 504 plan that you don't need anymore, uh, when you go into the meeting next year, don't give all three of them away. Give one of them away <laughs> so yeah. that you have one more to give away next year so that you are that person in the room who's always being like, hey, look, this part here is not important. You know, let's get rid of that. There's no reason we should have to have this in the 504 because they're just as grateful as you are when somebody's making a concession you, you know so yeah. if you don't have a concession save one so you can use it later <laughs> you, you, you know and 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 that's it. but moreover in those meetings friendly without being a pushover um understanding again without being pushover um assertive without being a without being a jerk you, you know like like it, you'd be surprised how much of just the tone of your conversation is really the most important part of those meetings. Well, and that's, that's one thing that I definitely struggle with because sometimes I, you know, I, I'm glad that they can't see my face a lot of times when I'm on the phone with them. Cause I just think like, what, you know, <laughs> but I try to be like, Oh, remember that's, that's when we are supposed to do this or remember when we talk, you know, like I, mm-hmm. cause I have a lower voice anyway. And so I, I think like, I get this high pitched voice, kind of like, remember when we talked about how you were going to call me, you know, like just trying to, I don't know. And I send flowers and bring donuts and, you know, like I draw the line there. I'm not bringing gifts, but, but, but I'll tell you what though. I did one time, there was a a gaffe at the elementary level that caused a, a pretty big issue for Arden. And when I went in to just make sure everyone understood again, it was not, it was, it was 
it was one specific person's fault. And in that split second, I thought there's no value in making her feel bad about this. Right. There's no value in her. Ma and I took all the blame. I stood there without any ego, without any, without any anything. And I just let them, it was my fault, my fault, my fault, my fault, my fault. And I walked out the door because blaming them or even showing them where they were wrong was not going to get us anywhere. Like always have an eye on tomorrow. Like don't, these are not fights you're trying to win. This is a big, a big year long, years long situation. You're trying to just get in the right position so your kid can be healthy. You're not trying to be right. It's not right. important if I if they think I'm wrong when I walk out the door. It's not important if they think I'm a clown when I walk out the door. As long as they because trust me, most of us keep this clear. You can go into a situation where someone who doesn't know anything about diabetes is there to listen to you talk about it. And even if you are 100% accurate and without any drama when you speak about it because of the nature of type 1 diabetes, you are going to sound like a lunatic while you're talking about it to a person who doesn't know about it. So keep yeah. that in mind too, that you're the one in there like going like, you don't understand. They might have a seizure. This might happen. That might happen. What if she loses her eyesight when she's 40 and they're going to be, and they're looking back at you going, Oh, this has pushed this person over the edge. Oh you, yeah. You, yep. you know? And so you, you have she's to keep lost that in mind. It. Oh my God. She's out of her mind. And, <sighs> and, and so you, you really have to keep in mind their perspective. You don't have to, you don't have to take it into account when you're making decisions, but you have to understand that it's part of the, it's part of what's happening in the room. And if you're going to, I don't want to use the word manipulate because I don't mean it that way, but it's very descriptive in the situation. If you're going to manipulate the situation to do what you need it to do, you can't just understand your side of it. That's oh, not, completely. that's not enough, you know, that's all. Jill, I talked way too much in this episode. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's good. Uh, yeah. So do you guys, um, do you just when you don't want a body anymore in North Dakota, you just stick in a wood chipper? Is that what happened? I mean, I have only ever seen one movie about that oh part gosh. of the country, but well, there's I, I a know. whole TV series about it. I no. can't get involved. I'm very busy with my other television <laughs> shows. I am very happy you talked about this with me. Thank you so much because I I've heard from people who are like 504 plans, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds boring, <laughs> but but at the same time, like really important. And then when you were yeah. like, I'd love to talk about 504 plans. I was like, that'd be so exciting. Let's do it. So, well, thank you, you know. so much. I I have to say that uh, your your podcast is kind of bible to me. <laughs> I like I religiously listen to it, and I'm like. Ike, you know, my husband's name is Ike, and I'm like, Ike, you have to listen to this. See how he does this. This is what we need to do. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Does Ike not listen? Does he listen or no? Uh, well, he listens when he, when yeah. I'm listening with him. I don't like that. But he's kind of, I don't know, you know, he's like an artsy guy, so whatever. But what, Do I need to sing to get Ike <laughs> no, yeah. on board? Yeah, maybe if you sing or get yeah. some musicians on there. Tell no. him, tell him a little girl about 10 years old wrote the, the music for the podcast and, oh. and performed it herself, though. It's so cool. Well, he just performed at our kids' talent show last night with Lucy. They sang a song and he played guitar and it was very sweet. So That's it's probably good that he's not as uh, crazy about it as I am, you know. We're, we kind of balance each other out that yeah, way. Yeah, and I also think I think that in a in a relationship where there's two parents and there's diabetes with a child, I think that everyone needs to obviously understand it. But you know, and I've heard people say the opposite. But I know for me, it works better if one of us is sort of more on top of it than the other person. Yeah. I, I find it hard to pass diabetes management back and forth between people. And, well, and, and some yeah, people I don't. Yeah, I feel like I'm I changing stuff. You know, like. Um, 
some days I'm pre-bolusing quite a bit mm-hmm. for breakfast, whereas other days I kind of lay off because her dex hasn't been super, uh, I don't know, accurate in the morning or, you know, something like that. And so sure. then he tries to help me and then he's like, I thought this is what you're doing. And it's like, well, I was doing that yesterday, but now I'm doing this, you know, or yesterday, like yesterday. I've had the same experience where my poor wife is like, hey, I really... You know, I, I I heard what you were saying about being really aggressive with the boluses, and I have been. I'm like, no, not today. Yeah, <laughs> She's no, like, why no. not today? I'm like, I don't know. Everything was crazy today. You, yeah. you, you know, and and that was yesterday, Arden, uh, while she was at her softball game after school. Like, you know, I gave her I gave her you know carbs and carbs, and she'd go to like 150, and then 20 minutes later she was falling again. Like it just kept happening, but she wasn't. It wasn't even because it wasn't a very aggressive game. It was just there was something about that time of day and and you know it her blood sugar just wanted to keep going down. So she spent a lot of the afternoon not taking insulin but needing to address you know lower blood sugars and it, you know and two days prior to that it was the exact opposite thing. And so I just think it's weird to try to throw somebody into the middle of that all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, I agree because it, there's so much preamble that has to happen to pass <laughs> them off that by the time you explain everything you think. I could have just it's done changed it. already. Yeah, 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 right, right. So anyway, all right, Joe, listen, you have to get back to your life. I mean, I'm assuming there's a, I don't know, what do you guys like? You got to kill a caribou for yeah, dinner yeah, or something like that, right? For, for supper. <laughs> <laughs> How far are you from, um, uh, my brother lives in Wisconsin okay. and he'll tell me like, oh, I wanted to get a pair of shoes at the mall. So he has to plan a day around it. Oh gosh, no, <laughs> we're not, not like that. Not like that. Good no. for you. That's my nice. kids are at the mall with my mom right now, which is about, I don't know, 10 minutes. That's I mean, we live in town. We have city streets. and <laughs> I'm just joking with you. And now I'm forcing you to prove that North Dakota is a real place in the country. Oh, and I'm just it. joking. I'm so sorry. Um, no. Thank you so very much for thank coming you. on the podcast. I, I, I hope you have a great it. day. Of course, anything said about North Dakota was completely in jest. I've never been there. I'm sure it's lovely. I don't know what a caribou is or a bison. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just making generalizations that are just being pulled out of my butt. They're absolutely meaningless. If you're listening to North Dakota, what I'm saying is I'm sorry. Now, if you're listening anywhere else, I hope you enjoyed laughing at people from North Dakota with me. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast was brought to you by Insulet, makers of the Omnipod, the world's only tubeless insulin pump. There's one planet. We all live on it. How many insulin pumps on it don't have tubing? You know the answer, but I'll tell you anyway. The Omnipod. Go to myomnipod.com to see their completely redesigned website or go to myomnipod.com forward slash demo to try a free demo pod today. Also, there are links in the show notes to, you know, the demo pods and to Arden's 504 plant. And maybe I'll put a Wikipedia link in there to North Dakota. I have no idea what I'll do. To be honest, it's a lot of it's up in the air. I don't want you to think this podcast is really well thought out (laughs) because it's not really.